This week on episode 46 of the Odd Dad Out podcast, I've got a story about a mom who actually built her home from scratch using YouTube. And I've got some fun entertainment news and in recommended listening, I'm probably going to spend more time talking about this week's show than it takes to listen to it. Beginning Odd Dad Out podcast in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1... Welcome to the Odd Dad Out Podcast, where normal is not my specialty. I am your host, as always, Adam Higgins, the Odd Dad Out, and this is a show where I share my view and perspective and, and, and outlook in the world with, and generally just make fun of stuff. I, I get a little nerdy, I get a lot ranty, and you probably shouldn't take it too seriously. How are you doing today, or tonight, or whatever time of day you happen to be listening to this? Uh, I just want to start off and say thank you for listening. I normally save that for the end, and, and it's kind. I guess it's kind of a, a middle finger to those people who who don't listen too far into an episode. I always kind of stuck that on there as a, hey, you know, thank you for making it through the episode. But I figured I'll be nice this week because this week I'm actually I'm I've got a lot of uplifting fun stuff. Now, of course, I've still got the the you know the jackass of the week down the line, but everything else is pretty positive. So I'm I'm gonna go with that this week. Uh, so every like I said, I'm just gonna jump right into this because when I read this, it was just holy shit! Are you kidding me? There is a mom who built her entire house using YouTube videos. That's like the ultimate, you know, what they call it with a YouTube university. You can learn anything on YouTube. Except she started doing this back in 2008 with, with proto-YouTube. And, you know, the long story short was in an abusive relationship, left said abusive relationship, with her four kids, ranging from 17 years to two years old. Just fathom that. Four kids, ranging from two to 17. And you know, somewhere along the line, she had just had that spark. You know, She needed a family home. She did not have the space where they were at for her you know, rather large family. And um, so she packed up... Uh, sold like a they had like a, a family cabin or something that she owned sold that took the money bought some land and all the materials needed and her and her kids built their house massive four bedroom estate with a library and just ridiculous it's, it's a gorgeous house i've got a couple pictures up on the on the in the show notes on the webpage which I'll get back to later. Uh, but yeah, she built her entire, this massive house, this gorgeous house, just using information accumulated from YouTube. She had enough money to buy the land. She had enough money to buy the supplies, but she did not have the money to pay somebody to actually build the house. So her and her kids 
built a house by hand all the way from like going through the process of here's how you draw blueprints and have them submitted to the city for approval to get permits and all of that shit. And they did it all. You know, oh, I need to learn how to mix cement and pour a foundation. I need to learn how to frame a house. I need to learn how to build stairs. I need brick masonry. All of the, like, here's how you build, you know, here's how you put windows in. Here's how you wire electric, everything from, like I said, from the foundation up through wiring the electricity and the plumbing and the phone lines and the everything and her and her kids all have their own rooms and all lots of bathrooms and a fucking library and at this point what do you not know you just learned how to build an entire house on youtube most construction guys cannot do that on their own now, I will say it took her a couple of years because come on, when it's you and your three kids and someone's got to be watching the baby, it takes a little longer. And she was working a full-time job at the time because of course she still had to eat. So yeah. Oh my God, this woman, this is just the most impressive thing ever. I I, I wish I could do that. I mean, I, I have a very wide uh, range of skills. Uh, I'm I'm not Liam Neeson in uh, what's the Taken. I do not have a very specific set of skills. I have a very wide ranging. How the hell do you know how to do all of these different things? Range of skills. I think I technically possess all of the skills necessary to build a house. I'm still not going to do it. I, I've when I was a kid, my dad and I took. Our, we moved into a house where there was like this huge uh, tool shed in the back, like a you know laid foundation with and you know fully constructed tool shed. And we decided, well, we don't need this massive tool shed back there. But I'm one of six kids, at least at the time. I was one of six kids. Brother number seven came along later, but there were six kids. And we're like, we don't need a massive tool shed, but we could really use a playhouse. So my dad and I, mind you, I was about eight years old, like seven, eight years old at the time. My dad and I stripped down this tool shed, down, you know, took the roof off of it, took the, took the wall, basically tore it down, but kept it intact kept like the pieces and things like that intact so that we could take the walls and things like that. Take the walls, use the walls as, and, and it was like, oh, we've already got freestanding structure, but we, we, we used the walls to save some building time. But we went and took the materials that we reclaimed from this uh, dismantled I said dismantled because we took it apart. We didn't tear it down. We took it apart and flipped these materials into a two-story, like, barn-style playhouse for me and my siblings. Two stories, wired with electricity, had a little kitchen in it, had a nice, had, like, you know, the barn doors with the, you know, the top and bottom open separately, iron latches, all that shit because it was just a style you know, down to building the doors and having them, you know, custom cut 
and like sitting there and having to, you know, it's like, oh, it's a round top door. Well, you've got to make a special doorway for those kind of things. But I did all that and we had to raise the, you know, we had the big steepled uh, roof. We had the, the, the shingles, we had lattice work in the windows. We had a flower box out front and we had all of this and my dad and I built it when I was seven, which is damn impressive. I look back on it as like, holy shit, I can't believe I did that when I was seven. You know, this is the same house where we had just God, just massive variety of gardens and stone walkways and stone walls and crap that we just did. This is this whole this house and the whole yard there was just my dad's busy project. He was always had something to do in the yard. It was like, oh, we always got to work in the garden and we got to do this. But so I've got that wide range of skills and I've I have the ability to do those things and build a house, but I did it on a much smaller scale. We built a playhouse for me and my siblings. My this lady uh, what's her name? Kara Brookins, and I may be pronouncing her last name wrong. I'm sorry. Built a f- like damn near a mansion. This is a brick home, a gorgeous, huge brick home. With her and her three and three of her kids. Damn, and they had zero problem passing all of the building codes and inspections. And like, there are professional builders who get kicked back, get like kicked back when building inspections come. They're like, hey, you didn't do this or this or this. Sorry, you don't pass the inspection. Do it again. This is just a lady and her kids and a lot of YouTube. And again, 2008 YouTube, like proto YouTube, baby YouTube where you didn't have the, you can find a YouTube channel that'll tell you every little thing you need to build a house. I'm sure if you Googled it now, look up YouTube, how to build a house, they have every fucking video you need, really. But this is not, uh, you know, that's not what she had. She had the, I've got to look, how do I do this? How do I run wiring? How do I solder? Because you're wiring. How do I, you know, you know, fucking weld plumbing. How do I, you know, proper drainage and all of, and, and all of it to code and get all of it to code, everything wired, everything plumbed, everything built, everything 100% structurally, legally up to building code with baby YouTube. Damn. With zero, she had a desk job, zero knowledge in this before she started this project. They all learned it 100% as they went along. What do we need to learn today? So you sit at your desk, watch a YouTube video, how to do this, and then go to your job site at night and do it. Go to the job site on the weekend and do it and build the house and build your home and damn woman, you're awesome. It's like I've used YouTube videos for learning how to change my brakes. Nothing like this. This just... She is, she's like absolutely, totally my hero, really. I wish I could do that. And I'm sure, especially with, you know, modern YouTube, 2016, 2017 YouTube, there's enough information there that I could, normally, any normal person got enough friends. You could totally pull this off. Now, she did it 
eight years ago is when her project started. And they're just talking about it now because she just released a book chronicling the whole thing. But it's it's just it's it's mind boggling that like that's that's motivation. That is, I'm going to do better. I'm going to make better. I'm going to have a home for my family. And like, I would love, love, love. Right now, my wife and I are trying to go through the process of cleaning up our credit so we can go and buy a house because we've been renting for so long. We're like, we want to buy a house. This woman's like, I can't buy a house that'll fit my kids. I'll just make the damn thing. I wish I could do that. I I wish I had the time. That's really it. I think I I need the time and the friends. I lack both. So, like, and I, to be fair, I have enough siblings that if I wrangled all of my brothers and sisters together, we could probably knock a house out in a week. But that's because we're a big-ass Mexican family. But that's a whole other thing. But I'm just... I don't have the words to describe how awesome this woman is and her family and that it was that it all came from trying to escape an abusive relationship and getting away from like not running away from her problems but escaping what was the the problems in her life and she absolutely made the best of that so hats off to you and you know all the best with your family and i'm sure you're going to sell an ass load of books because the whole world is going to want to know how you did this. You are a testament to single moms everywhere. Whew. And at that, I think I'm going to take my first Potter and Family break. And I will be right back with entertainment news. Hey there, podcast fans. I'm Matt. I'm Joe. And I'm Becky. And every Tuesday, we're getting goofy and geeking out on pre-recorded live. We talk nerdy news. Movies, comics, and TV. Video games, music, and potpourri. Wait, what? Potpourri? Pine cones and dried wood chips and dried flowers and stuff? No, like, you know, whatever. So I could have just said whatever? I think that's better. Okay, so let's say video games, music, and whatever. So check us out online at prereclive.wix.com backslash podcast iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or your favorite podcasting app. Don't worry, guys. I'll let that poop part out. Terrific. Hey, guys. It's Joe here from Pre-Recorded Live. Ever notice that we're always using the hashtag Potter Family for all of our stuff that has hashtags? Potter Family is the community of podcasts that support each other and promote each other. And here's the cool part. Now you listeners can search for hashtag Potter Family and connect to hundreds of podcasts. There's so many, you are guaranteed to find something that you like. Or if you don't want to do the searching yourself, you can follow at Potter Family on Twitter and let them retweet the shows to you. So what are you waiting for? Go out and find some podcasts to listen to. It's entertainment news this week. I'm, I'm not so much making fun of people this time because there's just been some some crazy stuff going on. But let's jump off. It not I'm starting off with something that's not exactly entertainment news, but it's been damn entertaining. I'm sure by now, as it is still mid-January of 2017, and if you're not, then if you're listening to this in the future, you're awesome. But 
in the last week, there's been another giant alligator sighting video in Florida. And I'm pretty sure everybody is, it's just one of those crazy things on the internet. It's, it's going viral. Why? Because alligators are fucking dinosaurs. That's what it is. It's, is how long, how long is this video? It's like 30 seconds, like maybe not even a minute. And it is literally just a bunch of people standing there and out walks like a 15 foot like thousand pound alligator just strolling along like no big fucking deal like hey how's it going excuse me while i just crossed the walking the little the trail here and on along his way and i guess there's two perspectives of this there's you know because you look across the gator and you see a bunch of people with their phones and cameras and shit out filming the gator and of course they're seeing the other guy but apparently this is a very popular this is like a, a a walking trail this is a very popular park for joggers and hikers and all this sort of stuff and apparently the, this just totally happens all the time the people that walk in these parks in in this area are very familiar with the gators and this particular one apparently has a name that they apparently call him humpback because and if you've watched the video he's got his back sits a little high and his head sits a little low and he's probably about three million years old and holy shit this gator but it, it reminds me of last summer there was a similar video of a giant like 15 foot dinosaur on a golf course in florida and again it's in florida where the american alligator is just the king and they're just everywhere and alligators on golf courses are not a strange thing if you've ever seen happy gilmore there's a reason why they have the alligator bite the guy's hand off it just totally happens on golf courses in florida but yeah these there's just all these just i guess it's the time of year i don't know this in you just see gators just strolling about like it's no big deal and people are just chill about it. it's like oh hey look at the gator that's a really big gator over there I'm like Fuck you. I'd run away if I didn't know he'd chase me. I think I'm going to I think they just stand still with the camera because they're thinking it's like Jurassic Park. And if they stay still, he won't see. To be fair, alligators eyes are kind of on the somewhat sidey. So I don't know. But yeah, just chill ass alligator strolling across the pass. Everybody's all chill. The alligators all chill and they just get on their damn way. And now that whole park because of the video is just getting completely swarmed with people who want to find the gator who want to see the giant gator in the park no it's like a you're probably going to be someone's going to get hurt because there's definitely more than one alligator in this place because it's florida they're all over the place there are alligators in disneyland it's florida so really people out there don't be dumb do not go looking for the alligator in the park you're gonna find one he may not be the one you're looking for you're gonna find one he's not gonna be as chill and someone's gonna lose a hand just ask the dude in happy gilmore okay now into real entertainment news uh this last i'm a little behind on my entertainment stuff uh i'm, I'm gonna be fair here but uh Lemony Snicket's A Series of Unfortunate Events recently uh, became available on Netflix. And this is the one uh, starring Neil Patrick Harris and 
and Patrick Warburton is like narrating as Lemony Snicket. And this is really good. This is really awesome. It is dark as all hell. I, I'm vaguely familiar with the series. I never read them. I never read the books. I actually was under the impression that like Lemony Snicket and it was kind of, you know, it's, yeah, it's a pen name. It's like Dr. Seuss. Um, it's like Mark Twain, but that is the pen name for this guy. I assumed this was a writer who was, this was an old book series like Dr. Seuss and the guy had been dead for a long time and that the image of Count Olaf in, in the series was actually like his injecting himself into the story. Not that the narrator, cause again, I haven't read the book, so I didn't know, but not that the narrator who is in this case, Patrick Warburton, who you may not know his face, but dear God, everybody knows his, his voice. Um, he voices Joe on family guy. He was T in men in black too. Uh, think he played the tick on TV at one point. He's just a big guy with a big voice. Um, yeah, it is sweet tomatoes commercials now. If you have those in your neck of the woods, but it's just, I assumed that he was dead. Turns out, no, the guy who is, who wrote the books is actually writing the series for Netflix. I'm like, oh shit. So this is going to be, this is like JK Rowling level control. Yeah, Netflix is producing. Guess what? I'm still writing the, the show for my books. So they're going to be of the same, you know, quality and I get to, it's like the walking dead. The guys who write the books for walking dead also write the show. So if there's a deviation, it's totally cool. Why? Cause the guy who wrote the story the first time changed it the second time. It's cool with him. You're not going to, and it's not going to be some crazy out there interpretation. It's, I changed these details for the show, but I've, I've seen little bits and pieces. My wife started watching it the day it came. She started binging the whole thing while, uh, over the weekend while I'm at work and I kind of cut it in bits and pieces. I see and I'm like, crap, this is a really good show. It's dark as fuck. It is. There's this mass murdering Neil Patrick Harris, uh, trying to kill these kids and, and steal their money and all this craziness. And sorry, I'm not going to say spoilers because if you don't know what it's about, then that's basically the gist of the story. But that same little bit transpires over 13 books. So I'm not giving anything away. I basically gave you the basic plot. Here's the, the, the driving force of the entire series. Crazy guy trying to kill kids to steal their money over a very long, crazy adventure. And I guess every, every book in the series is split into basically two episodes that are about 45 minutes. So you essentially in the first season have eight episodes, four books, take those four books, hour and a half or 45 minutes piece an episode. You basically just made four movies, each focusing on a single Lemony Snicket book. Nobody else can do that. And, and it's good. It's dark as hell. And it's funny. And it's, it, I be, I'm planning, thoroughly planning to go back and watch them all from the beginning. Cause I didn't catch how it all started. Um, but I, I need, I'm going to go back and watch it from the beginning so I don't miss anything. It's like what my wife and I did with, uh, once upon a time. I started watching it. She started watching it in the middle and got, was like, okay, I need, 
I need to figure this out. I had to go all the way back to the beginning and watch it all the way from the beginning. You know, side note, you cannot watch Once Upon a Time from the middle of the story ever. It's at like season six right now. If you want to start now, you better get on Netflix and, and start from the beginning. Uh, it's you, you're, you're going to be completely lost. You need every single episode. And I'm going to do that with Lemony Snicket and go back to the beginning because a Neil Patrick Harris is, is hilarious. He's a great actor. He can be, he's funny and psychotic as hell in this role. So it's great. Um, and then it's just a great show. And it's really funny. It, so I, I, I've got to go back and watch it all. I just got to try and do it when I'm not sleeping for work. Huh. Okay, next on the list, and my laptop just died on me, so excuse me while I pull this up again. Ah, this is my one of my favorite directors, and if if you're willing to listen to, to my crazy ass, you probably have some respect for him, Guillermo del Toro. And wow, I can actually say that. Yes, Guillermo del Toro reached out on Twitter to ask how many fans and how much people really want Hellboy 3. Which is fucking awesome, I'm going to say. Um, and it and it kind of pops up here and there. If you're not familiar, they made Hellboy 1, they made Hellboy 2, and he, thoroughly, he completely intended to make Hellboy 3. The problem is that Hellboy 1 and 2 made a lot of money. They also cost a lot of money. And they were well received, but they just did not, they didn't have that buckets of money hand over fist coming in. They're very much kind of cult classics. The people who love the Hellboy movies love the Hellboy movies, but they're not Iron Man. They're not Godzilla. They're, it's a niche comic movie and the fans are rabid. Very much like cult following, even though it was a big budget movie. But he said, like, here's how much the second movie cost. To make the third movie and close out the series the way I intended, I need twice that much money. Like, Well, he basically needs... The budget for the third movie, apparently, needs to be what the second movie made. Like, I need everything to make the third movie right. Which... When you're talking about a movie that did not make buckets of money, made good money, made was very profitable, but did not make the billion dollars. It's not Batman. It's not the Avengers. It's Hellboy. He did not make the kind of money where the studio is just going to throw money at you and write you a blank check and say, here, go ahead, make another one. We trust you. He makes dark movies. He makes things that, you know, dabble in the occult and dark sort of stuff. And he, it's just kind of his style, but he makes great movies and he's very much a, a twisted artist, but I, I can't blame the studios for not really being behind him just from a financing perspective. They know they're going to make money, but how much money are they going to make? They want big numbers. You cannot guarantee a ridiculous amount of profit on Hellboy three. You can't, it's going to make money. It's just not going to make you know, Avengers money. And that's what everybody wants nowadays. But in the poll, there was like 132,000 votes. It was like a resounding like 65% of people were like, yes, hell yes, we want Hellboy 3. And it's been the case for a while because they've popped up. And I think last summer 
Ron Perlman and Guillermo del Toro were both out there kind of pitching and proposing like, hey, like we really like trying to think they were thinking about doing a Kickstarter thing. And I don't think you're going to be able to kickstart $200 million for a movie, but just to kind of, hey, we want to make this movie. We want to close out the movie. And Ron Perlman has said, I don't want to sit there in a makeup chair for 10 hours a day, sweating my balls off just to go out there and, and, and play superhero for 30 minutes. Like, I hate it. I hate the makeup. I hate the costumes. I hate the whole process of filming these movies because it's so effects heavy. But the story has to be told. The story was left incomplete and we have to finish it. He's like, I don't care if we do this with Crayolas and YouTube. We have to finish the story. The story has to be told. That's the dedication. And that's one of those, like, I kind of, I joke about Ron Perlman as he, he's done a lot of crap. He has. He's very much, he's gotten kind of in a, in a group with Nicolas Cage to where they'll just do anything. I have to assume he's broke or something that he has like wicked alimony or child support or something because you will see Ron Perlman in a million things. He's a tremendous actor. He's amazing. He was amazing back in Beauty and the Beast. He was amazing for all those years on Sons of Anarchy. He's an amazing, amazing actor. Hellboy is awesome. The guy does not really age. He's like a thousand years old. Does not age. But he's done some questionable movies. He's willing, it was like, he, but he will put on the makeup. He has done appearances. I think he did, it was like a make a wish thing for a kid. He showed up at a children's hospital in full Hellboy makeup, which takes about 10, 12 hours to put on the whole suit and the, the, his, the stone hand and the body paint and the horns and everything. It's like 12 hours of, of effects makeup to go do an appearance it's not like Johnny Depp dressing up as Jack Sparrow. You know, keep the clothes in your car. It, it takes a team to make Hellboy. And he shows up to do a Make-A-Wish thing. Because, again, he loves the character. He loves the story. Hates the makeup. But the story must be told. These are artists. These are, are, are very intelligent, uh, creative minds who must complete the story. So, I want this story finished. Damn it. Finish the story. I, I'm with the 65%, maybe 32, 332,000 and whatever the hell, and my one, damn it, because I heard about this after the voting was closed, whatever. Okay, we've, we've, we've talked Gators and, 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 and Lemony Snickets and Hellboy, and now I, I have to nerd out a little bit. Okay, look, I, I've been nerding out the whole time, but I have to nerd out because this week, we got the best trailer for the new Power Rangers movie could have asked for. And I've talked about the Power Rangers movie in the past. Not a lot, but I've talked about it. And again, I'm a nerd. I've been excited for this. I've been cautiously excited for the new Power Rangers movie. Because I watched it as a kid. Everybody watched it as a kid. I'm in my 30s. We all watched the Power Rangers. And they're going back to the original Power Rangers. And they're updating the whole thing and making it kind of gritty. And they've said it's like a John, if John Hughes made a Power Rangers movie. To a degree. It's got that Breakfast Club vibe, which is fine. And it's been compared to, uh, ah, crap, I forget the, damn it, I had the movie. 
But it was like where kids find a spaceship and get superpowers from a spaceship and all this stuff. I was like, yeah, fine. It's still the fucking Power Rangers. You want to change the lore a little bit because it was a little outdated and cheesy? You want to make the command center and all the stuff and the suits and all this stuff? You want to make it alien technology? And hey, technology and special effects have gotten better. Look at Iron Man. Do you want to make them look like like alien Iron Man Power Rangers? Fucking go ahead. The old suits were cheesy. The new ones look badass. They look like they're alien growed on to you tech suit things. If you want to get into to Iron Man like extremist type armor. And sorry, I just had to nerd a little bit. But it looks good. And the first trailer, you don't really see shit. It was very story driven. It was very, oh, here's these, you know, we're introducing the characters and we're not really going to tell you much about anything else. And we're not going to show you much of anything. Here's a glimmer of, hey, they're almost in suit, and you don't see that in the first trailer. The new trailer, you see fucking everything. You see them transforming. You see Zordon. You see Alpha. Brian Cranston is Zordon. Just wrap your head around that. Brian Cranston, who is just one of the most amazing actors out there right now, who is doing so much, and he's being Zordon. What? You just, the names involved in this movie tell you that it has to be good on some level. Elizabeth Banks is Rita Repulsa. Bill Hader is voicing Alpha 5. Brian Cranston is Zordon. The, the Rangers themselves are all minor. They're, 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 they're actors. They're young actors who've been pulled from minor relevance like you've been on stuff on disney and nickelodeon and mtv and you're you've done some small stuff that you're a name in certain circles like you've been in 17 magazine at some point uh the girl who's trini i think no the girl who's uh, supposed to be kimberly she was in lemonade mouse you know i know like, i think some one of the guys from teen wolf crap like that but these are where these characters these actors are coming from they're all lesser known young actors who could really use a big kick in their career. What better kick than being a damn Power Ranger? Now, there's tons of people that are going to say this is going to be crap moving. Oh my God, it sucks. Power Rangers suck. You know what? The new trailer shows Zordon, Brian Cranston Zordon. You get Power Ranger transformations. You get all the Zords, which have been updated to look all really alien techie. Really. Kind of like how the Dinobots in the, in the last couple Transformers movies looked very alien dinosaur They don't look like the Dinobots of the old school Transformers cartoons. They looked very like, hey, this is an alien. It saw a dinosaur. It interpreted a dinosaur. It's kind of the same thing. It's an alien. They saw a dinosaur. They interpreted a dinosaur and made a big robot. That's what they look like. There are, you know, tanks and fighting machines that are molded to look like an alien's interpretation of a robot. I think the Mastodon has like eight legs, so it's kind of spidery. I don't get it. But still, it's an interpretation by an alien. Let it be an interpretation by an alien and and ride that damn line. Sit there and like, no, it's aliens. We can really mess with everything because it's cause, because aliens. And you see the Zords in this. You see the Goldar. You see the Putty Patrollers, who they really updated. I like that they took a practical sort of thing with the Putty Patrollers because now she just they just kind of got 
you know, again, if you watch the old show, he like literally made them of clay, stuck them in a magic machine. Hoops. Now they're a bunch of, of gray, uh, funny faced guys and they're going to go fight, whatever. Now it's, she's making monsters out of the pavement and she, you know, walks down, you see her, her walk down the street and drags her wand along the ground. And suddenly the pavement and the ground is coming up and forming these giant monsters with, you know, street signs and road cones stuck to their head. Cause it was part of what they were made of, you know, and she's just making monsters out of the ground as she walks. That is like, let's take Rita and actually make her threatening because in the original show, it was this crazy chick on the moon who just threw shit at the earth. Basically it's like, I'm going to make a monster up here and I'm not going to do a damn thing down there because you're now I don't want to be down there. Now she's getting her hands dirty. So I like this. I like this Rita Repulsa. I like the look of the Rangers. I like the look of the Zords. And I don't care particularly if the story is crap. I don't care for a very particular reason. It still looks like it's going to be a fun movie. The story can be absolute garbage. It's going to be a fun movie. Do you realize how bad everything would have to be? To make it not just a fun movie to watch? Again, it could be garbage. It could be from a, a filmmaking standpoint. From a story standpoint. For all technical reasons, it could be an absolute trash heap. It would still be a fun movie to watch. Sometimes you just turn your brain off and go, Ha! That's fun to watch and get excited. Because... Oh shit, watch, he's gonna hit him with a building. So you watch Godzilla movies for that same shit. It's just fun. It doesn't have to have a great storyline. It's giant monsters fighting. Let giant monsters fight. It's fun. It's exciting. So people who are gonna hate, get over it. It's just a fun watch. Ah. So, now that I nerded out on, on Power Rangers and alligators, I totally didn't think that I was going to be able to raise those, but hey, I'm going to take my last break and I will be back with what's got to be the most fun show, the most interesting show I've, I'm talking about so far. The Epic Film Guys podcast is a film comedy podcast with two best friends celebrating everything we love about going to the movies. We've got great beer, amazing guests, and quirky characters unlike anything you've ever heard before. Well, I just assumed you were drinking that chocolate stout that you were going to make with the cheapest crap chocolate ice cream in a Miller Lite. I remember being a young man and my mother telling me I didn't have a name because I was illegitimate. I don't know what that word means. <laughs> Never be sorry on the Epic Film Guys podcast. Never be sorry. C- cut in, talk over. I'm sorry every time I finish out. doing an episode. I didn't hear that, Nick. Don't bring it up yet. I'm not supposed to come out till like the end of the episode. Subscribe to the Epic Film Guys on iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, or your favorite podcast app, and we'll see you at the movies. Want to know the story behind Potter and Family? Potter and Family started with a hashtag for indie podcasters. The podcasters who do this for fun and because we're passionate. We're not the big podcast you hear about, most likely. We don't have 10 to 15 people helping us with production. 
But that doesn't mean the quality and content you're getting isn't as good as any of those shows. Is there an area of interest you like talking to people about? Listen to an indie podcast on that topic. The hosts are incredibly reachable. We're basically clamoring to hear from listeners. We're just as much your fans as you are ours. No matter what you're interested in, Potter and Family's got a show for you. Like movies and TV? Check out the Epic Film Guys, the Something Something cast, the Boxers, or the Countdown Movie and TV Review. Do you like comedy? Check out Everyone Has a Podcast, The One Word Go Show, Afterburn 739, Now That I'm Older, Rick and Paul Heal the World, or Off in the Weeds. How about random trivia and fun facts? Check out The Endless Knot, or The Story Behind. Like comic books and geek culture? Check out Geek Yogurt Podcast or Little Geek Lost. I could go on, and believe me when I say there are a whole lot more where that came from. But you can find all these and more by searching the hashtag Potter Family on Twitter. And that, my dear listeners, is the voice of Emily Prokop, the host of the story behind and this week's recommended listening. Now, I'm going to I'm going to pull back the curtain, as Dave Jackson would say, and and tell you. Up to this point, I have literally been going through my pre-existing podcast subscriptions list, almost in kind of reverse order of some of the more recent shows I've subscribed to and things like that. This is the story behind is the most recent show I've listened to. And I will, I, I guess this is, you could say this is the part where I would describe the show to you so you have a better idea but when i was looking it up for a formality's sake i realized that there was no better person to describe this show than emily herself so i'm going to throw it over to her do you ever wonder about the history of everyday things in your world do you like trivia and fun facts have you lost hours to wikipedia rabbit holes the story behind is the show for you Trivia nerd Emily Prokop, that's me, explores the origins and cool stories that surround the things, people, and places you may never have wondered about before. Warning, your friends might tire of you starting sentences with, I learned on a podcast. Thanks, Adam, for featuring the story behind on your show. Oh, 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 oh I, I, okay, I'm going to say uh, this is one of those cheesy, no, thank you. I'm, for me... Emily is like podcast celebrity. To some people, it's Adam Carolla and, and Kevin Smith, and they're fine and all. But I have heard of Emily from her previous show, The Classy Little Podcast, in so many shows that I listen to, because I'm, if you've established, I'm a nerd and I engorge myself in this industry. When I got in, I just dumped, jumped head first onto a box of rocks. But every industry show I listen to, new media show, Audacity to Podcast, School of Podcasting, Podcasters Roundtable, every show you hear her mentioned. I've heard her appear on a few shows. Epic Film Guys. She's been on the Epic Film Guys and does a lot of stuff with them. Uh, She is, for me, 
She was that secret podcaster royalty that was sitting there behind the scenes who had her. She's, I, I've, I've never met her and other up until the interaction where she recorded this for me. I had never had any sort of communication with her other than when I subscribed to the story behind. And in one night, because it's a relatively new show, I binged every episode. And tweeted out that I just binged every episode and, you know, her response. Because, come on, if somebody said that to me, okay, you're insane. You know, I'm 46 episodes in in several hours because sometimes I just don't know when to shut up. But, like, it's just, she's, she's podcast royalty to me. She's that person that everybody in, everybody that I think of in this business who is a somebody and again, like the podcaster somebody's, not the celebrity somebody's. I don't give two craps who Snooky knows. Um, Mark Maron's great, but he's also a big ass rich comedian. So, but it's, she's that person that talks to the epic film guys, who talks to, with Dave Jackson, who talks with Rob Greenlee, who knows, who everybody knows who Emily is. She supports so many shows. And like last week, how I said that uh, Epic Film Guy Nick is like, to me, I see him as like the dad of the Potter family. There's no doubt to me that Emily is the mom in the Potter family. Really. She has got her hands in everything in just a, she is so supportive and is obviously for all of her interaction with all of the industry podcasters. She wants to be good at this and she's kind of, and she's obviously a nerd for trivia and kind of like me, I get into a thing and I want to know more about it. And like she said, you, you fall down those rabbit holes, those Wikipedia rabbit holes, and you look up in one little thing. And the next thing you know, you've been digging and digging and digging and tumbling down that little hole and you're somewhere completely different than you are. And now you have a head full of information that you never knew or thought about or cared to want but now you've got it that's me and i say how you know my buddy uh, the new man is like my australian twin from a a a, a an information sponge i get that from what i i get from emily is that she is that same way that she wants to know all these things. And when you get into something, you just like, I have to keep going and keep going until, you know, you're going to hit a rock at some point and finally stop. Uh, but you, you just have to, you have to know those other little thing or that other little piece of trivia or that like, wow, that was interesting. I got to know more. She's just, that's what she does. And I wish I had the time to do what she does because in five, in over five to 10 minutes, like I said, I'm probably going to talk about her more than she than her episodes are. She will co- she's covered everything from most recently uh, actually today a new one came out, but let's just go with last week we had Betty White's birthday. Betty White, everybody knows Betty White. I don't have to tell you who Betty White is. Just turned 95. So she did a two-part kind of the the story behind Betty White, the early years and the later years. Who would do that? Who could do that? And she nailed it. It was perfect. I've never, I never knew 
any of that about Betty White. All I knew about Betty White was the Golden Girls, and she occasionally appeared on. Uh, no, that was fine. And she's been on lots of, on some game shows and stuff, and the Snickers commercial and the, the modern stuff. I know Golden Girls to now Betty White. I didn't know all the holy crap Betty White's been doing a lot of stuff that I never would have known. She did the story behind pretzels and all of the different origins of different types of pretzels. Or the, she started off with the theremin. Here, there's going obscure and nerdy trivia kind of stuff, you know. But that's it. And oh my God, I, I'm going to say this. She gets into these facts and these historical things and the trivia, but she does it and she's funny as hell about it. It's it's her, and she'll at least apologize for the puns, but I'm not because that's what she go to me for. But I will, her pun game can only be rivaled by my wife. That's all I can say. It's like I think if the tone of her show fit, she would need the 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 drum roll. Yeah, I, I have that effect somewhere, but I'm not gonna find it. Oh, yeah, because my laptop died. But she, yeah, she needs the rim shot sound for her show sometimes, but she owns up to it. Um. Uh, Another great example of the, the, I didn't care about the subject when I saw it, but listening to her tell the story, and oh my god, it was hilarious. She did the story behind soap operas. And if you're a nerd, you know the nature of the name soap opera, but she dug all the way back. She went back to radio soap operas and the transition, and she did it all, mixing in every cheesy soap opera trope like the entire episode was hosted by her evil twin <laughs> and oh, and all the the fun oh you're dead no i'm not dead and the you're you're pregnant and like who's pregnant everyone's pregnant <laughs> and they died wait did they and and all of the every silly cheesy soap opera trope and it, like even if you didn't like the information, you have to giggle at the execution because it's just great. It is just uh that that one is just funny. <laughs> it's just straight up fun to listen to. Sometimes sometimes it's not the information, sometimes it's just fun. But it's it's an amazing show and like I said, I she she jumped the line. Like I said, I listed Every show I was going to cover, I basically had my year planned out for this segment. And after all this time, I'm like, I've heard her name. I've heard her name. She's got a new show. I've heard her talk talk about it on Epic Film Guys. You know what? Hell, I'm going to listen to the show. I'm going to listen to the story behind. And like I said, I went from one episode to I'm going to. I binged the entire series up to this point in one night, which really doesn't take that long. It's a couple hours. Um, and episodes are you know, five to ten minutes, depending on how deep the information goes and how many puns she throws at you. And it's just fun. But I just, I got so hooked on this show so instantly that she jumped the line. She was, I, I put her in the list. I was like, no, I got to cover this. And I was like, no, 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 After the Betty White 
uh, two part thing. And she said she's got some new stuff coming up. She's got a Forrest Gump thing coming up. And it's like, yes, 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 yes. It was, I, I have to. I was so excited. She said Forrest Gump and I was so excited. And so it's one of my favorite movies. I don't know why I never do Forrest Gump impressions here, but I, I have it. I promise. But I was like, I was like, I was just so excited for the show that I was like, nope, you're in front of the line. And be, like I said, because I talked about Nick being the, the Potter and family dad and Emily's absolutely the Potter and family mom. And she has a new baby. So the fact that she pulls all this off with a baby, like I barely pull this off myself with my kids and they're a bit older. So, you know, again, go mom. I know I'm very pro moms. I don't know. I have a mom. I like my mom. My mom's awesome. She raised six kids. Um, so yeah, I guess I'm pro mom. It's like my wife, we've got four kids. So I'm Mr. Mom at home. I'm pro mom, but, and I'm absolutely pro Emily because Emily is awesome. And the story behind is awesome. And if you don't think so, you're wrong. I'm just going to say it. you're wrong. I think you might need to go, you know, Call up some guys in white coats, have them take you into a little padded room and, and hang out for a while while they look at you through the little window to figure out what the hell is wrong in your head that you do not enjoy this show because it's not some stuffy something or it, it's, it's just fun trivia and information and knowledge. You're learning something in a fun way. You're not sitting in a, in a college lecture. You're listening to a funny person tell you an interesting story about a thing. And like she said, you're going to have that moment where you're like, I heard on a podcast that I was listening to the story behind and she was talking about potato chips. She was talking about insert thing here because I'm sure she does two shows a week. So it's not going to be, she can burn through some topics, peanuts, Peanut butter. She did peanut butter. How do you do peanut butter? She did it. She did pretzels and potato chips and, and peanut butter and Sadie Hawkins Day. And she does it. And there's just a really... I just... I had a whole list. And then I lost my list. Because my laptop died. I keep going back to that. I had everything. But I was just like... Ah! I cannot express in words, although I've been rambling, because uh, I do, but how excited I am about this show. How much, and I will openly admit, I am a guy who is subscribed to 30 to 40 podcasts just to fill out my, my working hours. So I listen to a lot of two-hour some you know one to two hour shows a lot of a lot of the industry stuff i listen to long shows and this is by far the absolute shortest show i have ever listened to this is it the shortest podcast ever in my collection and i will not miss an episode this is top of my list new one comes out when the new episodes out my workday starts this is the top of my list this is not, you know, oh, I'll get to it and it's in the playlist. No, this is going straight to the top. So get it out of the way. I want to hear what Emily is talking about today. 
And I'm sure after listening to me... Well, my wife doesn't listen to the show anymore, but if my wife heard me listening to him, heard me say, speaking so highly of another woman for so long, she'd probably smack me with something, and it'd probably be something involving papers and custody arrangements. But, you know, I just, yeah. I, I, I think I have to stop before I start getting smacked with divorce papers or something. But you... Everybody out there, everybody, stop what you're doing, pick up your phone or your tablet or your old school iPod or get on your computer or whatever and subscribe to the story behind. Whether you're on iTunes or Google Play or Stitcher or wherever the hell you get your podcasts, you must subscribe to this show and you find it. And if you need to know where to find it, go to thestorybehindpodcast.com and because Emily is absolutely a student of Dave Jackson she's got all the links there and all the ways to listen and tells you all the great stuff about the show right there because she's good at this that's just it so before I go tonight tonight i always say tonight doesn't matter it's an old school radio thing i always say tonight but before i go tonight i'm i want to mention a a little project that has been started um and you all know my my friend the new man and his wife has started her a kind of community and i want to kind of talk about it a little bit it's called small things and small things is about trying to, overall, it's just about making the world a better place and making the world a happier place, one small thing at a time. Doing little things to make the world better. Over the holidays, they did the 12 days, uh, a 12-day workout challenge. Why? Because exercise increases endorphins. Endorphins make you happy. Happy people makes the world happier. So by doing small exercises, and it was small exercises, it was you know, a 20-second plank. It was run in place for a minute. It was little things. It was all small things. It's, it's small things like do something nice for somebody. Walk around and just smile at somebody you don't know. These are the type of things that she she's talking about. And it's just a really great thing it's just she's not trying to you know be in your face and make you change your entire way of life the whole goal of small things is to make the world better one small thing at a time it's doing small things and small things can turn into big things and that i i cannot support that enough like you make the world a better place by doing little things that's what the world is about so check out small things at smallthings.net.au because they're in australia and just be happy okay this has been a really positive show it's been much less ranty than normal for me so yeah kind of weird as a matter of fact 
I completely skipped the jackass of the week. Oh well. It's been a happy show this week, so I'm just going to save that one for later. So, now I'm just going to say thank you again. Because at this point, if you've made it this far, wow. You've listened to me ramble for an hour. But I want to say again, thank you for tuning in. And remember, you can check out all the past episodes at odddadout.blogspot.com and subscribe on iTunes and Stitcher and Google Play or wherever you get your podcasts at. And if you are so inclined, leave a review. I want to hear from you. You can leave a review on iTunes if you want. You can leave it on the Facebook page if you want. Or you can just drop me a line on Twitter. I'm at OddDadOut, obviously. And until next week, I'm Adam Higgins, the Odd Dad Out. Thank you and good night. Hi, it's Lisa from Small Things. If we all do small things, we can make a big difference. Visit our website, smallthings.net.au. And remember to smile.